choosing the method of crystallization to obtain optimal results. A review by Lata Godova, Naomi Chayen, from Imperial College London, London, United Kingdom. Crystals, 2018. Abstract. Anyone who has ever attempted to crystallize a protein or other biological macromolecule has encountered at least one, if not all, of the following scenarios. No crystals at all, tiny low-quality crystals, phase separation, amorphous precipitate, and the most frustrating, large, beautiful crystals that do not diffract at all. In this paper, we review a number of simple ways to overcome such problems, which have worked well in our hands and in other laboratories. It brings together information that has been dispersed in various publications and lectures over the years, and includes further information that has not been previously published. Introduction The crystallization phase diagram forms the basis for crystal growth and is central to every crystallization experiment. Obtaining a phase diagram is commonly done after finding a hit during the screening experiments by dispersing, manually or by a robot, 10 to 24 trials, varying the protein and precipitant concentrations in steps. Alternatively, the pH, temperature or other parameter to which solubility is sensitive can be varied. These experiments provide the super solubility curve, which separates the nuclear conditions from the metastable conditions, which are ideal for growth. Crystallization methods follow different routes of the phase diagram. In the case of the batch method, the drops reach supersaturation instantaneously upon mixing the protein and crystallizing solutions. On the other hand, in vapor diffusion, both free interface diffusion and dialysis trials, the, the protein solution is under unsaturated to start with and attains supersaturation on equilibrating with the crystallizing solutions over the course of the trial. There are various outcomes when setting up crystallization trials. Obtaining no crystal at all, obtaining showers of small crystals which are not suitable for diffraction, obtaining large crystals or twinned crystals that do not diffract, obtaining reasonable crystals that require improvement, obtaining good crystals that are unreproducible or difficult to repeat. It is well known the sample preparation and its quality have a crucial impact on the crystallization results. Hence, prior to setting up crystallization trials, it is essential for the protein sample to be as pure as possible, to be soluble and to be stable. A useful approach for establishing the optimal buffer for protein stability is to test a variety of buffer conditions using a thermostability assay. Choosing which crystallization method to use depends on the problem, and in this paper we review a number of simple ways to overcome such problems. Obtaining no crystals, or crystals that do not diffract in the screening stage of crystallization. Adopting a variety of crystallization methods. 
the different crystallization methods lead to the formation of crystals by a different routes, as described in section 1 above. Vapor diffusion and microbatch are the most common methods. In the case of a microbatch, supersaturation is achieved upon mixing, while vapor diffusion is a dynamic system in which a reservoir acts to gradually concentrate the crystallization drop. Thus, the change in crystallization may lead to crystallization. Baldock and others reported a comparison of screening using vapor diffusion and variations of the micropatch method, thereby concluding that both methods should be applied to ensure all possibilities are covered. Since that study, a variety of new methods for screening have been established, the most common being microfluidics and chips, which in some laboratories are preferred to micropatch and even vapor diffusion. The first microfluidic device was developed by Hansen and others for high throughput screening of protein crystallization. It applied a miniaturized free interface diffusion technique. Following that, more advanced microfluidic systems have been developed. Concentration of drops that would remain clear indefinitely. Drops set up for screening experiments that remain clear after a two weeks incubation period are mostly ignored and considered a dead end. This is because the protein solution is either undersaturated or in a metastable condition. These clear drops can be utilized in hanging drop vapor diffusion setup using easy XTEL crystallization plates. The screw caps which seal the well of an easy XTEL tray can be unsealed by twisting them for a desired period and releasing them again. An undersaturated metastable trial can thus be driven to supersaturation resulting in nucleation and subsequent crystal growth. Kershid and other reported 11 new hits on three proteins tested. This technique can also be used for optimization as reported by Godova and Chain, who obtained better diffracting crystals of the cardiac myosin binding protein C with a resolution limit of up to 1.5 Armstrong compared to 3.2 Armstrong using conventional techniques which led to the determination of its structure. Obtaining showers of small crystals. It is often the case that a large number of very small useless crystals appear in the trial. This can occur because the crystallization process is taking place too rapidly, or the crystallization solution contains dust and other random particles that serve as unintended nucleation sites. There is a variety of ways to improve the quality of such crystals. Rigorous filtration It is standard practice to filter the sample solution through a 0.2 micrometer mesh size filter before setting up the crystallization trials. But often this is not sufficient and filtration needs to be done more rigorously. Filtration is relevant to all methods of crystallization and the optimization stage. Filtration of a protein sample with or without its crystallizing agents through filters of different size, for example, from 0.1 micrometer to 100 kilodalton filters, can determine the number, the size, and quality of the resulting crystals. 
The filtration can remove unwanted material and particles such as dust, proteins, aggregates and fungi thereby reducing the numbers of crystals from many useless ones to a few single diffracting ones and increasing the reproducibility of the experiments. Filtration done prior to setting up the experiments does not necessitate any change to the crystallization method, the vessel or the conditions. It can therefore be used as a one-step optimization strategy when numerous small worthless crystals, twin crystals or even precipitates are formed and no improvement is obtained by conventional means. For example, fine-tuning the concentrations of the protein and crystallizing agents, inserting additives, changing pH or temperature. Rigorous filtration is also very useful after the storage of proteins and is especially valuable in improving the results of seeding and the application of nucleants. Slowing down the crystallization process A means to improving the size and quality of crystals, which appear as shower of small crystals, twinned crystals or even a crystalline precipitate is done by inserting an oil barrier over the reservoir of vapor diffusion hanging drops or sitting drops trials. The barrier affects the rate of equilibration. The speed of equilibration depends on the ratio of paraffin to silicon oils and on the thickness of the oil layer. Using Linbro or the Kirgen Easy XTEL plates, a layer of 250 microliter of a mixture of 1 to 1 paraffin and silicon oils works well in most cases. The trials are set up in the same conditions in the control and in trials containing the oil barrier. The only difference is the presence of the layer of oil above the reservoirs. The limitation of this technique is that it cannot be used with PEG or MPD concentrations above 13%, but is very effective at concentration below 13%, and at all concentration of all salts. In trials containing an oil barrier, crystals require longer periods, for example, 8 to 10 days compared to 12 to 24 hours, to grow to full size, but their quality is more improved. One example are the crystals of lobster apocrustocyanin C1 that are grown in trials with an oil barrier which diffracts higher resolution compared to the controls. 1.3 Armstrong compared to 2.1 Armstrong. Further examples, replacing an oil barrier over the reservoir dramatically reduced the nucleation where at red liver ribosomal P2 protein, thereby resulting in higher diffracting crystals with a resolution limit of 2.4 Armstrong and GH42 intracellular beta galactosidase diffracting to 2.45 Armstrong. At the moment, such trials can only be done manually, but an oil barrier technique, which is miniaturized and automated, will soon be published. Separation of the nucleation and growth stages of crystallization. Volume adjustments during crystallization. It is well documented 
the nucleation requires different conditions to those of growth. There are four methods that separate the phases of nucleation and growth can lead to remarkable results. One way of achieving such separation is by dilution of trials in order to transfer the system from nucleation to metastable conditions before nucleation becomes excessive. This is an alternative means of achieving a similar outcome to seeding, but without the need to handle crystals or nucleons. When the clusters of non-diffracting crystals, which cannot be improved by conventional fine-tuning of the crystallization parameters, are produced, a walking phase diagram that provides the supersolubility curve can be generated, either manually or using a robot. The experiments related to microbatch were reported by Saridakis and others back in 1994. The authors have established a walking phase diagram for the enzyme carboxypeptidase G2, with pH and temperature being kept constant while varying the concentrations of the protein and precipitants. The walking phase diagram produced the supersolubility curve and established the conditions of nucleation, conditions that would produce crystals spontaneously. Crystallization trials were set up at these conditions using a crystallization robot and at various time intervals after the setup of the experiments. The robot was programmed to add a buffer protein solution resulting in the duration of the trials. Some diffracting crystals were routinely attained, equivalent to the best, very rarely without using the dilution procedure. In the case of vapor diffusion, the crystallization drops were not physically diluted, but cover slips holding hanging drops were incubated of a reservoir solutions that would give many small crystals. At time intervals, before crystals are visible, the cover slips are transferred over reservoirs containing lower precipitant concentrations that would normally yield clear drops. This technique has produced significant improvement in crystal order of a number of proteins, for example, MTCM. And most remarkably, crystals of C ficocyanin, which reproducibly diffracted to 1.45 Armstrong compared to 2 Armstrong using standard optimization techniques. The resolution was the highest ever obtained for this protein. The application of light scattering techniques. The shortcomings of the volume adjustment and transfer techniques using any crystallization method is that one does not know when nucleation takes place. It can only be estimated by reference to the time they took to see the first crystals. The most effective moment to intervene with a crystallization experiment is soon after the formation of the first critical size nuclei, which will eventually form the crystal. By the time crystals are observed under the microscope, it is too late to act as the nuclei and the crystals have already been formed. A means to pinpoint the appropriate time for transfer, dilution or arrest of nucleation is by using dynamic light scattering DLS, and static light scattering. DLS offers a size resolution of particles 
in optically transparent aqueous samples, some three orders of magnitude below an optical microscope. It is therefore a useful tool for an early and non-invasive in-situ observation of a crystallization event before it becomes visible with a light microscope. Light scattering was applied to separate nucleation and growth in the crystallization of lysosome by Rosenberg and others, who successfully limited the number of crystals that were grown. The procedure involved scintillation and required 50 to 100 microliters of a sample, which was acceptable at the time, but the procedure needed to be improved and miniaturized for application to other proteins. Almost 10 years later, Saridakis and others used DLS to monitor the crystallization of proteins that were mixed with decrystallizing agents in microbatch, with the aim of getting an indication as well to dilute the trial in order to lead it out of the nucleation phase and into the growth phase. This was achieved using a DLS apparatus, which is able to measure a crystallization trial as it takes place in standard cuvettes containing 10 to 20 microliter. When the DLS spectrum showed a change in the size distribution profile of species in the solution, the trial was diluted with buffer to metastable conditions, leading to the growth of fewer and larger crystals compared to crystals grown in controlled solutions that were left undisturbed. In the case of vapor diffusion, Collingworth and others applied static light scattering to detect a change in the profile of crystallizing solutions. The drops were evaporated using nitrogen gas flow and the evaporation was arrested when the light scattering sensor detected the aggregation. Varying the evaporation rate of the crystallization solutions resulted in the formation of fewer, larger crystals than those obtained in controls. Both dynamic and static light scattering techniques have more recently been adapted for automated routine use in a microbatch, vapor diffusion and other crystallization setups. Transfer from nucleation to metastable conditions can now be achieved in nanoscale and picoliter volumes by changing parameters such as pH, temperature, humidity and other parameters, as well as the protein and precipitant concentrations. Recent advances in DLS technology are also able to provide new and detailed insights of two steps crystal nucleation mechanisms. Summary This article highlights the progress that has gradually been made in the design of methods by describing a selection of the original methods, some which have led to practice that are much improved technically are still based on the same principles and ideas. The techniques have been miniaturized and automated to nanoscale by using robotics, special crystallization trays, microfluidics and microchips, thereby also increasing the reproducibility of the results. Moreover, combinations of techniques such as vapor batch, gels and oils, as well as combining counter-diffusion and micro-seeding are increasingly being used. Other emerging techniques involve crystallization in electric fields, 
as well as preparing crystals for X-ray free electron laser XFEL, which are outside the scope of this review. Thank you for listening. If you have any suggestion, please drop me an email info.pop.reading at gmail.com. Thank you.